1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team
1: every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how you doing today, sir? Doing good, uh, you know. We're trying to keep everyone
0: going, keep 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 the momentum going all the way to training camp because uh, it's 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 a desert out there, like we talked about. But we got we got a lot of fun topics uh, to get
1: over to kind of look back at uh, previous draft classes. We're gonna do one of those today. Yeah. So coming up on today's show, we review the Cowboys 2010 draft. We will go through every pick. Uh, go through their leaked draft board, which is always kind of exciting, and we'll discuss some of our favorite players and picks from that draft. Uh, But before we begin, let's rewind a little bit to talk about the Cowboys' mindset entering that 2010 draft. They just came off an 11-5 season in which they won their first playoff game since, I think, 1996, correct? They were were crushed by Minnesota uh, in the divisional round. And if you remember that game correctly, that's the, the game that the mm. Vikings defensive line just absolutely murdered their offensive line. Uh, they, they
0: had eight old... A, a, you, go ahead. Ate them up all the, on the right side all day long. I, I remember that game very well. Uh, it was uh, specifically Jared Allen, if I'm not mistaken, just eat, eating up Mark Colombo. And I think that may have been Mark Colombo's... Yeah. I, all of his last game. No, because he ended up playing the next year, but I think uh, it, was, it was kind of near the... Where we were realizing it could be the beginning of, of the it, end. It know? was just so, an older uh, offensive line,
1: and they really needed to upgrade. Yeah. It. And so that kind of thought, I mean, a lot of people were thinking this would be the draft that the Cowboys would finally start investing Resources into the offensive line. They held the 27th pick in the first round. Um, 2009, they did not have a first or second round pick. Uh, their first pick was actually the linebacker Jason Williams. So a lot of Cowboy fans were getting anxious about this pick, uh, including both of me, me and you, who were kind of hoping that they would draft a certain offensive guard. So let's go ahead and discuss some of the guys that we were hoping for in that draft. And, Lane, and I will let you start. Do you remember who your guy was in that 2010 draft? Well, let me be clear. Like
0: uh, I mean, definitely it, it, it the guy that I had targeted for the Cowboys throughout the draft was Mike Ayupati. Hmm. Um but but th- that was all under the assumption that someone like Des Bryant would never make it to the Cowboys. Yep. Like the, the the Cowboys would never ha- have an a, a opportunity to even get a Des Bryant. So, um you know, Des Bryant, like, much like, you know, in a couple of years in a couple of days whenever we talk about the uh uh whatever class it was that Mo Claiborne went in. Two hundred twelve.
1: Twelve.
0: Yeah. yeah. Much like that, you know, where I just you know, you, you you know who the player is because you're studying the draft class, but you you don't really think that the Cowboys have an opportunity to get that player. Uh it was shocking when the Cowboys got him. So for me, you know, I think we talk about, uh, Mike ayupati I mean, offensive line was very much the focus of, of where we were going at that point, uh, because we were trying to, uh, you know, rebuild what was, uh, what, what you know, was, was, was a quickly depleting offensive line, uh, in, in a talent due to talent and age, you know, sort of crossing paths. <laughs> and, um, and I think that you know when it all went down the way it did, I think it was quite surprising actually. If, if I yeah. remember exactly how I felt. Well,
1: let's go ahead and talk real quick about some of those offensive linemen that were available because this was a great year if you needed one. In uh, the top five picks was Russell Kung and Trent Williams. Uh, the Cowboys also liked Mike Iupati a little bit. Brian Bellaga went at pick twenty-three. Uh, you know, Marquise Pouncey went in the middle of the first round. Just a really good year for offensive linemen. I actually went back and I looked at a bunch of different mock drafts just to kind of see who people were projecting at the time. Um, and I came with came out with five of the most common names. I'm going to go through them really quickly. You'll remember some of these names, and you're you're going to get a kick out of. Uh, who the Cowboys may have been interested in. But the most common name for the Cowboys in the first round was Safety Taylor Mays from USC. Uh, the next was Center Marquise Pouncey, Jason Pierre-Paul, Golden Tate, and then an offensive tackle, Charles Brown from USC. Did any of those names kind of surprise you? Do you have any comments about those five guys?
0: I, I definitely remember that... Uh Taylor Mays was the guy that I had spent the entire offseason going, no, guys, this is not the guy that you want. Um, I, I, you know, like I, I felt like uh, Taylor Mays prepared me for Jabril Peppers <laughs> last, like two years ago. That's I, not the, fair. Even though they're, they're very, <laughs> they're, even though they're not very. Yeah, it's really not fair because Jabril Peppers I think is there a better go, player. You. But, uh, uh, but but I, 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 you know, just that kind of like way overhyped safety. Um. Now, now, if we want to talk about me, you know, falling into that t- trap that I was avoiding with Taylor Mays, eventually we're going to talk about uh, Quasiusanta. But, um, but yeah, I would say that overall, uh, uh my, um, you know, my, I was uh, definitely against uh, a uh, Taylor Mays situation. I was definitely against. Well, no, I was I was kind of neutral about Charles Brown. I mean, obviously, I liked Pouncey a lot, um, and I was actually a big fan of Jason Pierre-Paul because I had actually discovered Jason Pierre-Paul uh, the year before he broke out. Because this is kind of a weird story, but I was I had been very aware of George Selvey um, because if you remember, George Selvey the year before he came out of the draft. Had something like 16 sacks his junior year, uh, the year before J- Jason Pierre-Paul actually broke out at yep. U.S.S. Um, and so uh, when I started watching, you know, George Selvey tape early on for that draft class, uh, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul obviously stuck, uh, stuck out like a sore thumb. Um and then there was huh, sword <laughs> thumb uh, and then uh, and then, <laughs> and, then uh, and then later he had a video of him uh, after practice I think it was doing a flip flop handstand yeah. or uh, what do you call they them? were like uh, backflips uh, uh, right somersaults or whatever yeah. Uh, and he did like twenty of them in a row or something ridiculous at his size. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I like Jason Pierre-Paul as well a little, a little bit. Um, and, and but some of those other guys, like definitely not Taylor Mays. I mean, and uh, and I, I can't remember some of those uh, those other names, but I, I wasn't. I, I think the guys that I was mostly focused on were were offensive linemen. Um, and, and again, with with no thought to the the idea that. Uh, a Des Bryant or uh, you know even Demetrius Thomas, who surprisingly went ahead of Des, if I remember Demarius correctly. Demarius Thomas, yep. Uh, Demarius Thomas, yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, surprisingly went ahead of Des. Uh, kind of shocked us at the time. But yeah, I, I didn't think that was even a possibility. Uh, and obviously they, we did none of the mock drafters did either at this point, right? No, no, not
1: at all. Um, one real quick note on George Selby because he's always an interesting guy. Uh, as a sophomore, he had 31.5 tackles for a loss, which is absolutely insane. It's by far the highest uh, in a single season in college football history. But um, one of the biggest storylines of that draft was where Des Bryant was going to fall. Um, I went back, looked at every NFL.com mock draft, every Mel Kuiper draft. I have actually his book right here with me. And every single one of these drafts had Dez going in the top five or six picks. Um, most people thought he was going to be a lock to be in the top ten. If if, if he didn't go there, he was going to be shortly picked after. So when Des started to fall in this draft, it's when I started to get excited. Um Dallas had a 27th pick. They knew the Ravens uh, wanted him at pick. I believe it was pick 25 that the Ravens had. Uh, So the Cowboys went up, traded ahead of the Ravens uh, with the New England Patriots. And with the 24th pick in the 2010 NFL draft, the Cowboys selected Dez Bryant, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Uh, Overall, I mean, you look at the draft and you look at some of those guys that went after him, there's still some players in the league that are playing at a high level but I think Dez was the right pick here he was the guy that brought excitement into the offense if you look back at that roster in 2010 they had an aging Roy Williams they had Miles Austin who just had a breakout season but couldn't stay healthy they needed to get a true number one receiver and that was Dez Bryant so take us through kind of your reactions uh during that pick and just kind of about Dez overall
0: well, I mean, obviously we, we've spoken at great length about Des as the player, and I mean, I've literally personally have spoken hours and hours about Absolutely. Des Bryant <laughs> uh, on, on air and podcasts and over the years. Um, look, I, I think you can make this really simple if you want to talk about the validity or whether this is a good pick or not or whatever. Uh, he's the all-time leading touchdown That's receiver it. for the Dallas That's it. Cowboys. That's all you need to say. And, end of the conversation, you know, like— he is the all-time leader in, t- in touchdown receptions for the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, just to kind of comment on him real quick, and because, you know, what is there more to say about Des Bryant? But uh, I, he, uh, you know, I he had probably one of the most unique uh, draft seasons I've ever experienced. You know, like where he is, you you nailed, you nailed it. When was the last time we saw a – You know, likely top five, but lock top 10, uh, you know, draft prospect have such a tumultuous, uh, you know, draft season. I mean, full, you know, start to go. I mean, you could say what you want about, uh, uh, you know about gas mask pictures showing up last minute right. or you know this or that des bryant you know goes in with a tape that looks like like I, like you said top 5 tape but just everything about his off season was it, it, it not just a disa- not not like just a disaster but like just very uh, unclear just more it made the whole situation more and more murky right he 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 shows up to his his uh uh his, Yep. You know, Brode yep. having to change shoes. He had to rerun his stuff. He looks like he's in incredible shape, but he doesn't exactly run like I think some people thought. Everyone questioned his speed. Uh, I remember whether he was going to you know break four six or something like that. Or, you know, and and so I just feel like it was such an odd you know there was so much uncertainty about him. I think a lot of people obviously had no idea just based on what has come out on uh, you know the, his. Combine questions that he got from teams, including you know Miami asking if his if his mother was a prostitute, and you know I just think that the league in general didn't know how to deal with uh you know a man in his situation. There was other there you was know, other he, questions
1: he, about whether he could read. There there's a story out there about a team bringing a children's book to an interview and asking him to read it because they didn't believe he could read.
0: Yeah and i and i think that i i think that you know the the des bryant to me just showed how flawed the process Absolutely. is in a lot of ways for that that teams clearly don't know how to identify deal with or relate to uh, people that clearly had different upgrades than they did i mean this was des bryant has been a lot of things. He's, he's, he's been a, a victim of, of you know, what do you want to call child abuse or a victim of p- poor parenting or bad situation or rough upbringing, however you want to word that. He's, been, uh, uh, he's had some issues with anger before. It, it, all of this is part of a very complicated person that had a very complicated upbringing. I think Des Bryan is a fantastic person. I, you I know, think. I think that uh, you know, I would have no. I, I have a three-year-old daughter. I would have absolutely no qualms with with, with you know uh, bringing by bringing Dez Bryant around my three-year-old and, and 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 you know what I'm saying. Like, I I think that he is a good person at heart. I think that you know he has some complicated issues based on how complicated he is, and I think that made things uncomfortable for a lot of teams. Uh, and and you could you know say what you want about the Cowboys. But they were willing to embrace that, take that on. And as much as everyone wants to talk about, you know, the issues with the Cowboys taking on troubled players, uh, I I think Des Bryant is a guy who, you know, despite maybe not having a drug problem or, you know, being an actual thug who, you know, actually is trying to go out and, you know, uh, uh, know, rob people or, or, you know, just be involved with guns or violence or any of that kind of thing, like – that Des Bryant, you know, could have gone either way, and and the Cowboys were able to get a obviously monumental, epic, record breaking production out of the guy, uh, and, and you know Des Bryant was able to uh, pull, pull it all together in a way that that worked. So I I think that uh, would it have worked out as well if he had gone to another team? I don't know, uh, but I think both Des Bryant and the Cowboys deserve a lot of credit for seven fantastic years
1: that they got out of the The play. Cowboys had Dez Bryant as their 12th overall player in that draft, and we know that because after the draft, <laughs> uh, Blogging the Boys, a, a Blogging the Boys user named Requiem, uh was able to piece together the entire Dallas Cowboys draft board by using a few uh, leaked pictures. Um, we can run through their top 10 picks really quickly because this is – Again, a fantastic article. This is one of three draft boards that has been leaked uh, by the Dallas Cowboys and has been put together by Blogging the Boys. Uh, let's go through their top ten players real qu- really quickly. Uh, number one was Sam Bradford, who did go number one overall. Maybe the most interesting thing is they had Gerald McCoy as their second best player in the draft. Ndamukong Sue was the third uh, player. Uh, then it was Russell Okung, Trent Williams, Eric Berry, Rolando McLean who they ended up getting, Joe Hayden, C.J. Spiller, <laughs> Mike Ayupati and then it was Earl Thomas at 11, Des Bryant at 12. There was a couple stories out there that the Cowboys tried to trade up to get Earl Thomas. Uh, that did not work. Instead, they just moved up three spots to get Des Bryant. The Cowboys actually then, in the second round, were able to grab their 14th ranked player on their board, and that would be Sean Lee. Uh, the Cowboys actually made a deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, trading up uh, at a few spots to get this pick. Um, the Eagles traded back a couple times. They ended up taking Clay Harbor, the tight end, uh, who ends up uh, his, was on The Bachelorette for a while. Um, I think I think the Cowboys made the right decision here. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about th- this pick at the time. I know. Uh, You know, I'm a guy that's from Pennsylvania. I saw Sean Lee in person, uh, you know, once at the Blue and White game. Uh, Just back then in 2008, 2009, I mean, aside from being just a football junkie, he was a really, really good athlete. Uh, He's not that same athlete anymore, but man, he has has really improved his game. Uh, So just talk to us a little bit about that Sean Lee selection
0: yeah absolutely real quick before we go there i i, I should give some information there I, I was actually with blogging the boys when all of this was kind yes. of going on when the that stuff got revealed and, and the guy who you know collected all those pictures and, and got all that was my former podcast partner uh sean kershner who is a rabble rouser as many of you guys may know him um and he, you know, he got the that on, a, on an anonymous tip that was sent to Blogging the Boys, and uh, he still thinks that 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 very likely that stuff could have been sent out from the Cowboys. What themselves. would
1: be the reason for that?
0: Uh, well, I think the thought the thought process was that uh, they wanted to prove how high they had Des Bryant on their board. She's smart. I, I I I think that was that was the the point. And they and uh, I don't know if that's if you know this is all speculation. So I don't you know, but I, I think that was the you know we we looked at the IP. We were able to trace the IP address that that you know that the the mail came from, and I think it came from it came from Dallas. So it came from <laughs> Valley Ridge. So uh, yeah, so I don't know if it's you know I mean I, I, again. Th- that very well could have been a lot of other things, but uh, because you know, there were, there's people trumping through that, that war room. I think at that point that, that doesn't as much exist anymore, uh, at least with cameras. Um, so who knows, but, but that's, that's the interesting inside baseball there. If that's even any of that, if he is even true, <laughs> like I said, all of that is very much speculation by the people that were gifted, uh, uh some, some incredible information. Uh, and then uh, yeah but but also kudos to those guys who were able to piece it together because that was that was that's fantastic work and, and OCC and Rabble were very heavily involved in that. Um, but but to Sean Lee to, you know look obviously the only problem Sean Lee has had is injuries. I mean, you know like if we if like we don't talk about Sean Lee's negatives except in the realm of it. He doesn't
1: really have any. And I, that's and I, that's he doesn't yeah. really have any.
0: He's so so good. Like I I like I think that even you know he despite his injuries, he almost is as good a pick as Des Bryant. You know, like that, that's the kind of like that's how good he's been for us. Like it, you know, at times for years he has carried this defense and, and i don't know if that's he's still carrying at the same rate he was maybe the season before that or the year before that but obviously you know the the win totals kind of line up sort of like that um so I, I you know i think that sean lee uh you know they they took a chance another one of these second rounders where they take a chance on a guy that they have a, a first round grade on but for whatever reason whether it be injury history whether it be off the field problems or whatever, they take a chance on a first round talent in the second round, and I think with Sean Lee, I mean, I don't really care how many games he's missed. It's been absolutely worth it. Like he has been amazing when he's been on the field. When he's been off the field, it's been bad, and we've missed him. But but I'm not like trading that for for what he's what he is on the field. And and, and let me just say, as a guy, and, and you too. I mean as as a guy who loves to watch football and like loves to watch all 22 tape like it's just awesome to watch yeah, him absolutely. it's awesome like it's it's just it's awesome man like how does he figure this stuff out you you like you watch 20 22 tape man and, or the end zone tape specifics what i'm talking about and 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 you know you see all these bodies moving and and it, and and anyone who's played linebacker before and i played linebacker in high school like it's a mess when you're on the field at the site. Sa- like you're seeing bodies move all these different directions and the reason they teach you to, to to look at your cues is because if you don't have eye discipline if you don't know exactly where to look to look for what you need it looks like a mass of humanity it doesn't look like anything you can't there, there's it's incredibly difficult to see what's going on so uh, uh, as, as someone is you know seeing it from that angle and, and watches him effortless effortlessly move through bodies, move around people whilst maintaining focus on exactly what is happening is, is just so insanely impressive. Uh, and he's, you know, probably when he's healthy he's as good as any run and hit linebacker in the league and and i think he's you know uh, his talent or his high ceiling is as good as almost any run and hit linebacker who's ever played you know i i so i, I think i i think the world is Sean Lee and despite what you say about the injuries or anyone will say about the injuries i i think he you know a steal still in the second round so
1: one of the fun things that we can do because of this draft board is we can pretty much guess as to what the Cowboys probably would have done if they didn't make any moves in the first two rounds. Uh, if you look at the draft board in the first round, if they did not get Dez, their highest ranked player was Jared Odrick, eh, defensive end who got drafted by Miami. I think they made the right call there. Uh, if it wasn't Sean Lee in the second round, I mean, you're talking about some some pretty eh players. Corey Woten, who I think played for the bears a while, Joe McKnight, the running back from USC, uh, Chad Jones, Colt McCoy, Taylor price. I mean, the Cowboys nailed that about as best as they could with Bryant and Sean Lee. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Cowboys fourth round pick. Um, and we're going to go through some of these a little bit quicker, but this is a guy that I actually got to see a lot of because he played, uh, at a school called uh, IUP, Indiana, of uh, University of Pennsylvania, which plays my hometown rival of Edinburgh University. Um, I got to see him in person, and I was shocked that that was an NFL player. Uh, I, I guess I'd never thought that a quasi was the guy that was going to make it in the NFL, but the Cowboys picked him in the fourth round to be this combo cornerback, safety. Uh, what do you remember about a quasi and were you excited about the pick?
0: I was I'm um, Mia cope on it. I, I, I liked to cause he was on. An so a great um, athlete. He was an incredible athlete. And, and, uh, and I thought that he had the, uh, you know, the ability to kind of play that, um, nickel back safety combo, I, you know, really I've just, you know, a Darren Woodson clone would be nice. <laughs> Why not? Thank you. That'd be great. In Fourth round. Fantastic. Um, you know, I, I, look. Obviously, it, it didn't work out for him, and he played only, I think, like three years, and, and, and played only in fifteen games or something like that. So he, uh, I just think that he, it, he, he couldn't grasp what was going on. He couldn't translate it the too athleticism to. It- yeah, and it, and it was like he just – I think it was just too much. And, and I think the problem was is that, you know, especially at that position, you're asking him to play in a, a complicated nickel position. It's a lot of processing. I think that's just not his game. And uh, so – or it wasn't his game. So uh, obviously that was a, a missed pick, and, and he goes on the uh, – on the uh oh what was the name is the god i can't believe i forgot these guys name matt jones what was the name of the unicorn the other safety the the guy oh, matt from, johnson uh, matt Eastern johnson washington the matt johnson. The red field? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah i
1: watched those youtube highlights yeah, and, man, i don't yeah. know
0: how many times oh man yeah like so so it goes on the scrap heap of uh, uh safeties that never quite got off the run all right
1: so they actually had some more success on day three uh, Six round did. Sam Young, the offensive tackle for Notre Dame, didn't play much for Dallas, but actually has stuck around the league for a while. Uh, he's really a right tackle. Uh, I don't. Did he ever play for Dallas? I don't even actually remember. Um, it was
0: bad radio. I don't think. So. No, I think he did. I think he played like. Yeah, no, he did. I'm just hold on. Yeah, it, it shows him it shows him at, uh, at two okay. games I, I think yeah I think he came I think he got like there some injuries and he was active uh, uh, as, a, as a swing tackle okay. at some point so
2: yeah uh, so, uh, yeah he he's a played name.
1: with Buffalo for the last few years still in the NFL so good for him uh Jamar wall cornerback from Texas Tech never really did anything uh, seventh round Sean Lissamore the defensive tackle from William and William and Mary I actually like Lissamore quite a bit he kind of got stuck He He kind of got stuck in Dallas playing a bunch of different positions. Uh, He was drafted to be a 3-4 defensive end. Uh, He played well as a one technique when he was given that opportunity. The Cowboys had him play quite a few games. He ended up getting traded to the Chargers, I believe, later on in his career. But for a seventh-round pick to to make the league and to start, that's a pretty impressive uh, pick for the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely impressive, and, uh, and and if you remember too, like you know, 2010. I mean, not to, spoiler alert uh, <laughs> for anyone that was going to go relive the the 29 2009 season. It didn't turn out so well, well <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it, what happened is that you know, obviously Wade Phillips got fired, and then they s- transitioned defenses, and Sean actually was one of the guys who was able as a defensive lineman to make that transition, and and. And do pretty well, uh, you know. I mean, because obviously he was a, more a perfect fit for playing that sort of five technique, uh, pass rushing five technique. You know, he's a six four ish two eighty type player. So you know, I think. Uh, but, but strong, you know, real strong. So like, I think that that was like, he was a good fit on the outside and, but was still able to hold up for, uh, you know, two or three years before he got traded to San Diego, um, uh, to play over there. But I think that, you know, for a guy that, yeah, you mentioned it, came out of William and Mary in the seventh round, uh, you know, really was a hard worker and was able to earn that spot that first year just by... His impressive play in uh, in the training camp. So uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a, a good hit for them. And then the you know as far as evaluation goes, the hits kind of continue even past the draft. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We're gonna dive right into it. They, they have four guys that they got after the draft. That made an impact either with the Cowboys or with other teams, and you know that goes with Chris Gronkowski, the fullback, uh, Brian McCann, the cornerback, who I think his biggest play of his career was the pick six in the Giants game. I think it was the game after uh, Jason Garrett, or sorry, Wade Phillips got fired. Right? I'm thinking of the right Brian McCann. Correct?
0: Yeah. No. No. And I also didn't he also have a? I mean he he may have had also had a kick return touchdown that same game. Yeah, I think he did. I think you're right. Like, like, I mean, he had. I think he had multiple kick return touchdowns that season. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, uh,
1: Anderson and Jao. Like, he was a really good kick returner. Yeah, Andrew Sanjeo, the safety who I, I think is still starting in Minnesota now. Um, and yeah. with the, the, the seventh round uh, supplemental pick, you know, just a couple months after the draft, the Cowboys selected Josh Brent, who started quite a few years as that defensive tackle for the, the Cowboys. So you're talking about four guys who you spent a combined one pick on that, you know, a few of them are still in the league, still playing at a high level. That's, you know, that's pretty impressive from your scouting department.
0: Yeah, I think you know, when you look at the one thing you know that you can say about the Cowboys consistently throughout this time is in you know they've ta- people have talked about how they've missed on the second round players and this and that and, and and some of these you know other later round spots but the reason that they've been able to do that and get away with it is because their 7th and f- undrafted free agent classes are unbelievable yeah, and have like- been for for I mean I mean this this period I think from 2010 to like I mean, well, I'll be mean, going back before that, obviously, because they got Miles Austin, and Tony right? Romo before that, and Sam Hurd and guys like that. So, you know, they, they they have a long and rich history of finding talent in the undrafted free agent market. And um, and I think this was a great example of that, this great evaluation. And, you know, say what you will, they weren't able to hold on to Sandejo, but they were able to hold on to AOA. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of that has to do with draft politics. But I, I think... You know, as much as you want to slight them for that side of it, you should also give them credit for
1: identifying the talent to bring them in the first. Place. Absolutely. So we have just about a minute left. Uh, let's go ahead and grade this Cowboys draft cost. So, uh, what do you give the 2010 uh, class for? Th- what, what it, go ahead.
0: How are we grading them? How are we? What, what's, well, what's the, we, we didn't really talk well, about well, this. Are we doing this well, like do we, uh, like like the positional so we'll just, groups? Let's or? do the
1: letter grade A through F.
0: I think. Uh, I mean...
1: This one's easy. This one's easy. I
0: gotta I got got give him yes. an A, yes. right? Like, I, yes. I, I, th- I, th- I, mean, I think, you know, it's... You, the only thing you think is that, you know, an A class really should probably get, uh, uh, you know, three starters out of it. And, and I think that if you want to talk about what you got out of Sean Lissamore, who ended up being a starter for a while, I, I think, you know, th- Sean Lee and Des Bryant are slam dunks as far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean, they're, they're talking about two of the best players in... Cowboys history at this point, right? Like, I mean, I'm not exaggerating there. Uh, so, I, I think you know, uh, yeah, it's hard to, And again, some of the other stuff they were able to get later. Uh, I, I think,
1: yeah, absolutely, an A. It's your all-time receiving touchdown leader and a two-time All-Pro linebacker. It's an A. There's nothing else they can be. Uh, it, just a fantastic draft. This one was really fun. This might have been my favorite draft in the last decade. Uh, just because I love Dez and Sean Lee so much. So uh, thank you guys so much for following along. Uh, we're going to continue to do this over the next couple of weeks. We're going to go through uh, a bunch of different drafts. We're going to you know, go through scenarios, uh, talk about what happened, what could have happened. Uh, it's, it's the slow time of the NFL year, so we'll help you get through it. But that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.